right. Yeah, this is Johnny's Secret Stash, and you're listening to with uh, John Goldman and Adam Conley. Uh, we are live, recording live, uh, at WRHC, W106.7 FM in Three Oaks, Michigan, available also through WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. This is Radio Harbor Country, and, of course, it can be streamed at RadioHarborCountry.org. Uh Johnny's Secret Stash, we are underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics out of New Buffalo, Michigan, for everything you need to grow your own secret stash. And we have here, our special guest is going to be Adam Conley. (coughs) Adam's an accomplished guitarist, uh, sought after by many bands wanting him to sit in. Only plays left-handed, though, so he's got to have his own equipment in the car or else uh, or else he's out of luck, And as are the uh, patrons who come to see him. But uh, Adam's currently playing with Beer Hippies. That was a little, uh, a little uh, piece of a Beer Hippies song that um, we were just hearing at the start of the hour. And uh, we're going to listen to uh, the rest of that song and come back and get it deep with Adam Conley. Here we go. Hold on one sec.
All right, we're back. That was uh, that was Beer Hippies, uh, Adam's band with uh, Steve and Blake Murray, Robert Fall Federson. I think that version was before Marcus Seyfried started playing keyboards with you guys. And then Howie Weisjan on the, the drums. Yeah, yeah. I miss anybody there? No, I think you got it. Yeah. Come a little closer to the mic, Mr. Conley. Happy to have you in the studio. Oh, you know what? Maybe that's, your mic isn't even on yet. Oh. Let's see. Try that one. Yellow. Ah, there we there go. There we go. That was going on. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. And there was a little mic shuffle in the in the works. Yeah. As we set up some other stuff. Uh, all right. This is uh, this is long overdue. Adam Conley is normally uh, the co-host, and obviously you're still in that seat. But yeah. uh, we get to talk to you a little bit about you know your musical background and cool. your whole thing and what you're doing and all right so uh I, I know some of the answers to what i might ask you but uh other things i might not even know about so right. uh you know I, I i know that um uh you grew up learning how to play guitar when did you first started learning any instrument i played the trombone in band so that was sixth grade so i was 12 that, that. Yeah, uh, there was my, probably spent a lot of time with musical notes and reading music at that yeah, age, at stage. I mean, there was my grandfather had an acoustic guitar around the house that they would hide because I would always try to find it, and, like yeah. monkey with it, and I was you know small and probably prone to breaking it. And did you your know, grandfather ever play the acoustic guitar? Um, I don't remember ever it? seeing him play it, but uh, right. you know. When going through, you know, their things and stuff, we found like, you know, chord charts for Bob Dylan songs he had written out and stuff. So I know he played, I just don't ever remember seeing it. Uh huh. But it wasn't like he was an example of music in the house or anything. Yeah. You know, that's kind of cool. Your your grandfather playing Bob Dylan server, at least trying to play some Bob Dylan. Yeah. That was cool to find that later on yeah. when I was in my 20s and he'd been gone for a few years like oh you know they're you know kind of makes you re-examine who your grandfather yeah, was yeah totally it's like, yeah. It like oh there was a, another thing we had in common you yeah. know like just both liking Bob Dylan I guess but, cool but yeah, so, so, so when did you um, start learning the guitar I was 14 when I got my first one uh-huh. so and was it a, an acoustic guitar? Was it an electric? Uh, it was guitar? an electric. Yeah, I was adamant even then that I was like, I just want to yeah. play electric guitar, and I still don't have a proper acoustic really. But. What kind of uh, music like did your mom listen to, or you know, some of your other uh, family influences when you were growing up? Uh, she she liked you know uh, some classic classic rock air quotes classic rock stuff uh, like Chicago and Elton John, and uh, I remember those hearing a lot of that stuff. And then, you know, I was... And what was your thought on that? Were you like, oh, I like this stuff, I'm going to listen to it too? Or were you like... Well, I didn't know anything. Uh, right. That's just all we had. Yeah but, yeah. but then, you know, I was a child in the 80s, so it was like a lot of 80s pop stuff too, like Phil Collins and Hall and & Oates. And, uh-huh. and now I love all that stuff too, you know. But, uh, but yeah, and then... That's, so, and... So that was the stuff that was playing, and then what kind of stuff did you like gravitate toward? And and when did that happen? Was it like when you were a real little kid, or was it you know kind of when you got to that uh, puberty stage, or something happens when yeah when you get to like a certain age, and <clears throat> and all of a sudden like you start having your own taste in music. You know, it just 
sometimes it's influenced by friends or family yeah. but other times it just it just comes to you like you just hear it and get it and and start going for it did well, that I happen had, with you there was i lived on a dead end street with like six houses on it and there was two doors down for me was another guy and he was three years older than me and he was into you know metallica and you know ugly kid joe and like uh you know heart you know megadeth and stuff like that and then next door to him was our other neighbor uh chris who was five years older than me and he was into a lot of the alternative stuff nirvana and the cure and um chili peppers and all that and so that i got a pretty wide spectrum of stuff it was all rock music you know, uh-huh. but yeah between those two guys and so i was able to figure out what i liked and uh, but but yeah you know i i was Right about prime age when the whole Nirvana thing happened and the whole grunge alternative thing happened, and so yeah. that 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 was the stuff I gravitated towards, you know, and cool. Soundgarden, you know, stuff like that. But, so, do you remember the first album you ever got? Was it uh, vinyl? Was it a CD? Oh, uh, what was it? Um, the first one I got of my own free will, and it wasn't like gifted to me or something. Was uh, I did one of those those like BMG deals uh-huh. or whatever the yeah. 10 cds for a penny or whatever right. I, I don't know why you would let a 16 year old do that you know well, but, 16 year old like they you know they marketed it to like 10 year olds yeah you know? but i mean like i'm clearly not responsible enough <laughs> to even pay the penny you know and but i got um they're still harassing me yeah yeah no totally i'm sure that ruined my credit like, right away <laughs> but uh but i got three cds the first day and it was uh the soundtrack to that movie, The Crow. Oh yeah, which is really cool. The Bruce like, Lee movie. Uh, yeah, Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee. But yeah, that was uh, like Pantera and The Cure and Rage Against uh, the Machine and stuff on there. Rollins Band. And then I got the same day I got, uh, Stone Temple Pilots Core, their uh-huh. first album, and Super Unknown by Soundgarden, which is those. Awesome. Are, I still love all three of those albums. But so that that was my. It was like here, here's three. You yeah, know, like just go hardcore on this right and and then your universe is just like you know that's what you're hearing and and it just plays and plays you know i'd probably already been playing a year or two at that point but you so you had already been playing a guitar by then yeah or or i owned one i don't know if i was playing it so uh did you take lessons on guitar or did you just start fiddling around and seeing what you could do and then develop kind of a you know skill and style as you kept playing with it how, how did that happen uh it was mostly just <clears throat> fiddling around and you know i had a lot of friends who picked up at the same time you know and some of them would take lessons and then but we were all into different sort of things and so we could sit around and like show each other you know like, oh, oh i, cool. I learned how to do this this week you know oh, oh cool right. show me and there was uh it was also right around the time that the internet became sort of no. everywhere you uh-huh. know and there was you know the, this stuff called tablature on the internet which is just numbers on lines you know and that's a different way of just reading it's basically just guitar centric sheet music uh-huh um and you know a lot of that you know you could sit and you could look up like pretty much any song you wanted and you could show it to yourself and then, uh-huh. and then you know down the line shortly after that youtube came along and you know that's still a pretty valuable resource show you how to do a song and uh, yeah or you could just look up like uh, i'm gonna look up you know country lessons all day today and then uh tomorrow i'm gonna look up heavy metal sweet picking you know lessons or whatever yeah there's somebody out there doing it and with a camera 
So who are some of the guys you started playing with early on? You know, you mentioned these, and do any of them still play now? Uh, like my good friend Evan Margol, who you know. Oh, uh, sure. Evan He's got started around the same story. time and was immediately – this way better than anybody else, you know. And I mean, he, he's he's a natural, and but um, I had a couple friends that I think the 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 push to start playing was four of us were like, let's start a band, and none of us played anything. Yeah. And so one said, well, my cousin has a drum set, so I'll take that. And then somebody else was like, well, I want to play bass because it has less strings, so it'll be easier. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll play guitar, you know. And um, sure. and, and no, none of them play anymore. So yeah. <laughs> like. I don't, but, uh, but Evan does. Yeah, Evan still plays. Doug uh, Miller, you know, and I would sit and oh, yeah. play a lot. And... Doug's, uh, he, does, uh, he plays on bass primarily, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, was your first guitar a lefty guitar? It was, yeah. And, you know, just so people who don't under, you know, know guitars, what does that mean to have a right-handed guitar and a left-handed guitar? Usually, as I understand it, the... the um, uh, the the right handed guitar you're using your right hand on the on the body of the guitar right, to strum to, to strum or and, pick and yeah your left arm left hand on the neck to right. uh, um, push Correct. on the frets and yeah and okay and so, so lefty is just the opposite it, is it like turned over or well, is it just everything the same except just back it's a different instrument yeah because uh, you know. Didn't Jimi Hendrix string flip, his uh, guitar opposite? And yeah, then, he just played righties and flipped them over, but um, he restrung them so they were strung the right way, so yeah. the, the the thickest string was closest to on the top. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah close to your your face, I guess. And uh, but it, it's the issue with that is then you have knobs under your arm because they're on the oh. upper sort of bow oh, right, of the, right. the body instead of on the bottom. Uh-huh. So it's probably harder to reach too if you want yeah, to do and you're, like a you're tone change. Probably rolling stuff you don't change. want to be. Uh-huh. But no, I had a left-handed guitar that was I had I found a job working for my friend's family doing construction when I was 14 All right. you know, for minimum wage, which at Some the time was like $4 issue. an hour. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm going to work all summer and save this money. And my mom said, I'll, I'll, I'll match whatever you come up with for the summer, you know, which was probably a pretty safe bet since I was only making $4. An hour, <laughs> yeah, you know? right. She's like, He's not going to make anything, you know, but her deal was, in, you know, to buy a guitar and an amp and stuff, but you have to play lefty. And I was like, well, I don't want to play lefty. It's going to be hard to find guitars. And uh-huh. blah, blah. But that was her deal, you know. And You're left-handed. I am left-handed. So well, you're, that was your mom not wanting to force you to, to um, have to be a righty. Yeah. Which is almost, you know, I mean, you hear these stories about lefties who are forced to do things righty because uh, their parents, like, didn't think it Right. So yeah. that's, your mom was... Uh, uh, you know, yeah, but she forced me to be lefty, though. Like <laughs> at least, at least at, at, to do that at fourteen. Yeah, you know, but and it never made sense to me because if your left hand's your dominant hand, why wouldn't you want that to be the one on the neck doing most of the moving around? Uh-huh. You know? So the way, it, yeah, it just never made sense to me. But that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. it's nice because I can't just <laughs> impulse buy guitars all the time. Like, I have friends <laughs> right. that just stockpile guitars, yeah. and it's like I don't, I can't ever find lefty guitars, so. You know, yeah, I wonder about that. Is it, it, it's not typically something you see at a garage sale. Or no, yeah. it, it's the kind of thing you have to either order special or uh, go to a big store like Guitar Center, and and uh, they might have like a small selection. Yeah, 
It's usually like. Is it like even more expensive than a right? Like the a little bit more, yeah. Um, because I think you know they have to like flip molds around to make parts yeah. and stuff. You know, right? Um, but yeah, it's usually a little bit more. But yeah, if you go to you know guitar stores and if they have a hundred guitars, they might have like two, three uh-huh. guitars. There. Right? And it's like you know, it's like but I already have one of those. <laughs> I don't want one. But, <laughs> so the. The one that you saved up for while you were working, that was the first guitar you got? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I suppose it was, yeah. All right. And then then, what was the, you know, you talked about kind of learning by necessity because you kind of formed a band and then you were like, well, we better learn our instruments. (laughs) Uh, What was the real first band that you guys played out? And, and, you know, Um, the first band I was actually in was. Uh, a band called Orpheus, which was Orpheus, Doug Miller, Joel Rogers, Jason Coleman, Jeremiah Kapiak. Uh, and I didn't get in on that until I was probably 21. So for the first seven years, I just sat on the edge of my bed. Uh-huh. Like, you know, tried to start bands and tried to start things with people and like nothing ever happened. And then, you know, they'd been playing together a while and I kind of would sit in with them once in a while. And I used to work at this pizza place in this bar in Union Pier that was a really awesome bar that had really cool bands and whenever they would play there I, I would come out you know take my dishwashing apron off and come and play a song or two and then go back and finish the dishes all right <laughs> but and then ended up showing up with them and so that was the first uh-huh so those guys and then all right well, let's so you mentioned um sitting on the edge of your bed and learning how to you know just fiddling away and and figuring it out um you know what kind of time did you put into that not enough (laughs) never enough i guess but yeah well uh, there was you know what do they say like ten thousand hours of mass or something yeah that whole yeah malcolm gladwell but uh no i mean i had friends that like were serious and you know like i don't know again i I knew people that took lessons too so there was somebody to sort of guide them yeah here work on this and i was just like there's all this stuff thrown at you and it's like wade through it and you know, I mean, it's just, you know, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I guess I always, you know, I've taken lessons before, mm-hmm. and but I never put in that time. And I think that's that's it, what it's all about, just spending the time, just just doing the practicing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can have all the theory and lessons and going through, you know, workbooks and stuff. But if you aren't going to spend the time, then you're right. not going to. And vice versa, if you never had a lesson, but you just sat there and tried to pick out songs and hear them and be able to play yeah. them, you know, you're going to be a great guitarist like that. It's just all about doing it. That's, yeah. And it sounds like that's what you did But I think 14 it, to 21 at least. Yeah. It's good to have some direction or somebody to sort of guide you or like True. prompt you because otherwise, you know, it's like – Here's all the theory in the world, and then there's also like the technique of actually different techniques and you know uh-huh. slide or yeah and, you know like yeah you know, I said it wrong like sweep picking or you know uh, you know finger picking or like all this stuff you know and and so it can be to learn all the theory and the technique at the same time for uh, without anybody there to sort of like prod you along is yeah probably daunting and I mean it was you know but. So I, don't, I wish I would have, like, been more diligent about, like, 
you know, shopping stuff up and like today I'm going to work on this uh-huh. and blah, blah, because I do that. That's kind of more what I do now. Oh, okay. But, so you have a, it was a whole just practice and, style that you do now. And, and so what well, is that you know, sort of practice style that, that you do It's just, do now? you know, I'll, I'll hear something, you know, it's just I'm listening to music at work or whatever and, you know, hear you know, some really cool country solo or whatever. Like, oh, I want to learn more about country playing, you know, and so I'll, I'll, then I'll just deep dive on that for a week or whatever, you know, and I don't know how far I get it, but, you know, and then, and then, you know, I'll, I'll get burnt out on that and I'll listen to metal for a week, you know, and then I'll be like, oh, well, what are some cool metal techniques I can learn more about, you know, and like, so it's not so much like a written out routine, right. you know, as like, but, so when did you, you know, now having seen you play, I know that you have a big, what, four by four um, uh, piece of plywood that you've got maybe 15, 10, 15 uh, pedals on, tone pedals. Is that about, is that a good uh, yeah, description? Yeah, that's, that's a good And they're number. always different. I don't you think always... it's four by four. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's like big. two by one. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, there, I have, there's, <laughs> I probably have like 12 on there. I, I try to take stuff off and there's yeah but it's always mixed around like you always have you know a, a different kind of like setup look to it that's yeah from, I it you know my the way i look at it yeah so when did you start playing tone pedals you know when did you go from just fiddling around in your in your room like just yeah. trying to figure out notes to oh i'm gonna try to make it bend like this i want to yeah. you know so when did uh, your tone cl- pedal collection get started uh i got a distortion pedal first um, cause you gotta have distortion, you know, <laughs> if you're going to be 14 and playing, you know, rock and roll, you gotta have right. some, some dirt, you know? Um, but yeah, I went, to, I got that, uh, it was a rock tech distortion pedal. It was plastic. Um, I think I paid 30 bucks for it new at, uh, rock and Ray's uh, music up in St. Joe, which a lot of, you know, the, the, at least that St. Joe crew of people, like the Sippians and all, uh-huh. like, you know, like yeah, rock and race. But uh, that so that guy was the, was was a big part of all of us playing. Um, but yeah, that and then I I got a wah pedal after that, like he- after hearing Hendrix, you know, and somehow I had managed to avoid hearing all that stuff, like up until I started really playing, and then it was like, oh, oh now there's all this stuff and what Hendrix, and I remember. Uh, hearing Wah and a Rage Against the Machine song and it was like what is that and my friend's like that's a, it's a Wah pedal you know I'm like oh well I have to get one of those and he got one and it was like not very nice and I'm like are they all crappy like this and then I, I got one and I was like mine's way better than yours yeah. but I, I still have that same one so I've had that you know 20 some odd years and, but yeah and then you know you build the collection up and you know now now I've I've got everything I really want I mean, there's there's variants, uh-huh, stuff, you know, right? But it's like I have all the different like effect effects that I I, I, I need, so and it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. You know. Oh, such torture! Yeah. Well, like, which I mean, pedal you know, am I going to use? Your sound show? goes just goes kaput in the middle of a shower or something. And it's like which one of these twenty six oh, inch long cables right. is it, or is it a pedal, or is it a power issue? And yeah, you know, it's happened too much to me lately, and so I've just been. Plugging right into the amp, you know, when that happens, and uh-huh. it's like this is so much less headache, and it's like you have way less options, but yeah, it's way less to go wrong, and you actually have to play guitar again, <laughs> screw around with noise. Well, you know, some of the tones you can 
do without a pedal, but it's certainly easier <coughs> with a pedal. Stretching strings or you know increasing the volume, like with the knob or something like that. <coughs> All right, me. All right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Tab Benoit. You know, Tab Benoit is a yeah, guitar uh-huh. player from blues guitarist from uh, New Orleans. Yep. And his whole thing is he plays right from the guitar into the amp, and you know he's like on his tippy toes, eyes squeezed shut. Just playing it hard <coughs> the whole time, and he's you know has no tone pedals. Doesn't want to do anything to pull away from right. that that pure sound, like right from his fingers yeah. into the amp. Or so trucks. Too, every now you have to anything. do something like that. He doesn't use anything. No, nope, straighten that. Really? <laughs> I think now he has like an echo pedal that he uses like oh. once in a while, but. No, his, that's his thing. Is yeah, something. but oh, all right, yeah. Uh, you know, he definitely has a a distinctive, recognizable tone. Mm-hmm. Every time, you know, he's he's playing, even if he's playing with some band, you you can hear that. It's got that deeper, dis- sort of distortion sound. <laughs> yeah, and, it sounds loud. Yeah, and uh, you know, he makes it sing. Like you know, he depending on what he's doing. I mean, some of those songs sound like just birds singing. Yeah, he's great. So uh, let's take a little break. You're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. Uh, I'm John Goldman, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam Conley, who is also our guest today. (laughs) So that's fun. And we're underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics out of New Buffalo, Michigan, for everything you need to grow your own secret stash. And uh, let's play another one of the Beer Hippie songs. Uh, I know we played it a couple weeks ago when uh, uh, Bob Fetterson and uh, Steve Murray were on the show, but we got another member of the Beer Hippies with us. <laughs> and, and We don't have much out there, so uh, yeah. we have to play it again. <laughs> There's that. But uh, this is um, uh, that 45 that the that you guys beer hippies recorded at Steve Albini's studio yep. about two years ago now. I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Two years in May, I guess. So here we go with drinks with the devil and Adam's lead guitar. See if you can hear them in this song.
Beer hippies with drinks with the devil. And that was uh, that was you at about that three minute mark with the lead guitar solo. Yeah, the second solo, the electric guitar solo. Uh huh. That was pretty cool. So when you guys were recording this, um, did you record it all together, like as a live recording? Uh, uh, what was you know? How did you guys? Yeah, we it? set up as a band and did like the the basic, you know. Uh, Drums, rhythm guitar, you know, uh, bass, etc., and then overdubbed the vocals, uh-huh. and um, we actually did the 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 gang vocals on the the choruses, the you know, with everybody sort of shouting on the same track at the same time as Steve did his lead vocal on it. Oh, okay. And so we all That's stood cool. around in a circle around the mic, and then that's fun. It's <clears> like <throat> horseshoes and hand grenades. Yeah, <laughs> we, we would step back. And he would step up and do his oh, lead, and then awesome. for the choruses, like the rest of us would step up. Yeah, so it was cool. But it's like, all right, if anybody screws up here, like this is all shot. Yeah, you know? so right. we have start to redo all over it. Again. And then, and then after that, um, we overdubbed the guitar solos, Steve's uh-huh. solo, and then mine, and then that was it. So, and, were you also playing rhythm guitar on yeah. the main part? Okay, yep, cool. yep. So there's me playing rhythm on that and then the the and then the solos like yeah on top of that at the end right right so how did that you know i mean it's one thing to like have the same time and like be in the same room and all kind of working off each other but it's another to to like be listening to the rest of the song in your head and thinking okay i gotta come in now i gotta come in now yeah <clears throat> and and trying to fit it onto uh you know it's not like everyone's working around your solo you're working into the established um, right uh, track basically yeah but i mean you know we had played the heck out of that song but uh-huh. leading up to that day so we knew like where the solos were going to go and stuff and yeah um we got there at 10 a.m and that solo was the last we did two songs and that solo was the last thing we recorded uh-huh. and so it was like We'd all been there all day, and we're like tired and whatever, and you know your your ears are shot, you know, because yeah. you've just been cranking all day, and and it was kind of like pressure's on because you know 
once you're done with this, then we're done. So get right. it done, you know, and like, you know, not that it's rocket science or anything, but, but yeah. And so, but I was, you know, there's the control room with where everybody's sitting with the mixing desk and the tape machines and such. And then I was the next room over and then there's glass so you can see everybody. And I was kind of like, uh, can some people come and like just sit in the room with me? Like while I do it, just go sit over there in the corner and like right. you don't have to do anything. I just I feel weird being a literal fishbowl. Everybody, yeah. And so I had you know four or five of of the other guys and the girlfriends and stuff like you know, oh, just funny. sat in there while I did yeah. it and yeah I did and then and you know they say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna punch you in you know and which means we're gonna give you like ten seconds before your uh-huh. solo is so the tape goes and the song you hear the song come in and then you, yeah. you know that oh and two measures or whatever I'm I'm up and the first one my headphones weren't like I wasn't coming through my headphones uh-huh. but the backing track was but I mean I had my amp right next to me and but it was still kind of disorienting yeah. You know, John, the engineer, was like sitting in the in the room with Bob. You know, I said, "You know, it sounds great. You want to hear it?" And I said, "No," because you know, <laughs> I know I couldn't hear me, so I know it wasn't great. And like whatever, and we did a second one, and you know, and at this point, I'm feeling like, "All right, you know, we've done two now, and it's taped, so you don't get to pick. Like once you once you redo it, you redo it. And oh, the, I the see. The old one's gone. You know? Oh, so okay. You better do it better. Uh huh. Second one, I still kind of thought, eh. and. and Federson said, well, how do you feel about it? And I said, well, you, know, was, you think you could do better? And I said, I think I can do better. And he goes, I think you could do better too. And so we, <laughs> it, it took, you know, and then on the Perpetual time, cheerleader. It was fine. Yeah. Federson, yeah. And sure. then went in and everybody was like, yeah, it's cool. Like, you know, so. Well, that is rough because, you know, like let's say your second one turned out to feel the best and then you're ended up, you stick with, the, you're stuck with the third one right, with yeah. that. But what other options are there really? And it sounds like you had to, you know, do this full band recording, have that finalized, like at least, you know, cleaned mm-hmm. up to a certain degree and know that that was going to be the track you worked from and then right. go on top of that. So no wonder it took all day like that. Yeah. And, you know, like with the exception of Bob, none of us had ever done that before. Like yeah. Gone somewhere like that. And, you know, and the first third of the day is setting up and setting up mics and then we're sitting in these rooms of amps and pedals like just wading through like oh, i'm gonna try this oh, i don't like that i'm gonna try this instead you yeah know? and you know just we were just in hog heaven you know <laughs> it's it just like so they had a lot of equipment available oh, yeah, for you to use there cool. yeah. oh that's nice uh, so this was your first recording opportunity well in a you know probe studio uh-huh. yeah i mean i you know i was an audio engineering major and so i had a little setup at home for a while and you know my you know good friend evan that i mentioned does a lot of home recording and so we've yeah. done a lot of that stuff but that was the first time you know paying for it and you know right like with right. a with a group and, and a producer or is uh, that the well, first time engineer you uh-huh. know i mean like engineer yeah the guy actually at the controls yeah exactly yeah. and in the past you know the only i guess well evan might have been at the controls while you were playing but it was more like okay we're gonna get started press play or press record yeah run to your <laughs> equipment and start uh playing right yeah so this is a, a lot more of a of a formal environment yeah. to work well, with like i said once you bring money into it it's like there's pressure because it's like all right let's get yeah. this done we're paying for this you right know, and you know, but electrical is super cool because they're 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 they don't go by the hour; they charge by the day, uh-huh. and they define the day as 
when you walk out, either you're too tired to keep going or you walk out with finished product. Uh-huh. And, you know, we were yeah. there from, like I said, 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. Oh, man. You know, so, I mean, that's why quite a people day. Were, like sleeping on the couch, and, yeah. you know, and, but I mean, we walked out with two songs recorded and mixed, you know. Which, so where is this studio? In Chicago? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly it, where it is. Uh, it's Steve Albini's studio. Yep. Record producer and yeah. poker player, Steve Albini. Uh huh. Well, that's cool. Uh, so, Beer Hippies, I, I you know that's the uh, that was the song from Beer Hippies that you played. But you also play with a band called Bone Naked, and mm-hmm. you've been with that band for a long time, yeah, uh, eight, eight nine, nine years. years. Yeah, and that's Randy Rogers, who is our first guest on our show, and he <laughs> was, uh, was the second guest. Yeah. Yeah. All right, on. Oh, Matt was the first. Yeah. And then um, uh, Robbie Lemon. Rob Lemon on drums. And and then Scott Coase. My cousin Scott Coase plays on bass. On bass, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, I know that you and Randy had played before. Jeez, um, what's the name of that band? That uh, The Special Guest. Special Guest, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that the, and the Special Guest was the first band that you were in with Randy? Or is that um, more just... The one that you guys got gigs and I think, went out. You know, yeah, he would come up and sing with Orpheus when we would play out, and I mean, you know, him and Doyle from that band are, are it's his uncle, uncle and nephew, yeah. yeah. And so he's always been in the immediate circle, you know, whoever right. been playing with, and, and he lives across from Doug. Yeah, he Doyle. does. So, yeah, yeah that, that's a good street to be on. Yeah, but yeah, I think the special guest was the first thing, and then that went through a few incarnations uh-huh. and then, right did yeah. um did randy's brother doyle's dad play with them at any point was um, he a musician I, he wasn't in the special guest they had a band called the oh brother band that All right, also well, doyle was in and i think brad uh, yeah I, other brother. I think like jeremiah was in that jeremiah is a drummer right correct yeah uh, doug might have been in that at some point too but and th- there was you know it was like three Little, bands with all the same people in all of them. Uh-huh. And, you know, just different uh, names and different. Yeah. We're, we're, and so special guest was that um, a band that played uh, covers? Were they yep. originals too? It was, I think all covers. Okay. Kind of like country rock kind of stuff. Yep. And like classic rock. And, you uh-huh. know, we'd do like Van Halen and like, you know, Skinner. And I think yeah. we did some Metallica, you know. But. And Bone Naked, I... Uh, probably similar kind of music that you guys played as Bone Naked, but yeah. maybe even getting a little bit. I know they started um, learning some more uh, Jimi Hendrix songs. You guys mm-hmm. had a really good version of Voodoo Child that you played. Almond uh, Brothers. Almond Brothers, yeah. yeah. Did and I remember uh, seeing you guys practice a couple times, and Rob Lemon's yeah. got that <laughs> awesome setup in his house. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how his wife tolerates that, but yeah, good for her. Good for that. Part them. of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get married, but yeah, I need to be able is, to. This is my life. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's a great little spot. Just to, he's got his drum. So as the drummer, you know, that's the biggest yeah. piece of equipment. So if you can get if if you're the drummer, you can get people to come to your house. Yeah. Well, he owns the PA bonus. too, so and he has PA, to haul yeah. all the big stuff. You know. We roll in late, eating a sandwich with like an armload of stuff, and we're like, I'm ready, you know. But he's ready to go. Well, uh, so I guess the point I was starting to say was, um, I have seen you guys just 
be like, hey, you know, what about this song? We never played this one before. Oh, let's hear it. And like, you'll play it, you know, maybe play it through on through the PA. And then you'll start picking away and trying to, you know, duplicate the guitar solo. And then, you know, Randy will like, you know, look up the lyrics mm-hmm. and, and Rob will be trying to figure it out. And, and Scott, and next thing you know, you do a run through yeah. and it sounds great. I've, I've witnessed that a couple of times. I, I thought that, you know, here you guys are and, and uh, you, you're able to pick it up that quickly. I was very impressed. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's always been a lot of fun playing with those guys because there's that, you know, adventurousness to it. It was just like, all right, it sounded great. Put it on the list. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, <laughs> some other people song. might be like, but I don't know. And it right. was like, we just are always good enough. And we had fun playing it, like, add it to the list, you know, and don't overthink it. And, yeah, I always usually would defer to scott because he was the the theory guru in that band if i couldn't figure something out if i i might have two chords and he could sort of triangulate what the next one would be Uh uh-huh you know it's good to have him around yeah yeah well you get to play with scott too much now he's a dad and well uh, we played last weekend at uh a party fun yeah randy wasn't able to be there but robbie and scotty and i still wanted to play so we got up and did a few things. We had Marcus from Beer oh, Hippies cool. and Steel on the Farm played keyboards and sang. So we're able to. I mean, we played twenty songs. And oh man, twenty more than yeah. I thought we'd be able to do without all of us there. So it was uh-huh. all right. We you know if need be, like we could do this. So so who had to stretch with that? Like you know you Marcus. and Rob and so Marcus <laughs> yeah. like was like all right. I don't know that one now, but I'll know it at the end of the song. Yeah, that's great. I just threw him a list of stuff that I thought he might be familiar with, or, or yeah. and or knew already, and we pick, we pick five and go, and then pick a couple more and go. And, and Robbie sings a lot of stuff too, and we have a couple instrumentals, so we were able to make it happen. So I know with Beer Hippies, you uh, were the, you know, you kind of like put the song list together, and you sometimes. Uh, oh, all right. Um, is that what happens with uh, Beer Hippies when you play out? Like, how how do you guys know which song you're going to play? Oh. Uh, yeah, we just, you know, put together a song somebody writes just a show list, up and you know, uh, it's, <clears throat> it's usually Steve uh takes the initiative to do that. Yeah, uh-huh. and, I mean, he's one of the people that has to sing, you know, most of the stuff. So <clears throat> it probably should be him or Bob because, you know, pacing yeah. your voice and so on and so forth and you know, but the last couple I wrote, you know, and it's just like, here I was bored and if uh-huh. anybody wants to rip this to shreds and redo it and everyone's like Cool, that's the list. You know, I'm like, <laughs> all right. And so, um, you know, yeah, we I have just a master list on my phone of all the uh-huh. everything we play, and we we'll just go from there. Yeah. So with beer hippies, well, with Bone Naked, I know that it's primarily, if not a hundred percent, covers of mm-hmm. other bands, and and I'm always impressed that you guys are able to really make yourself sound like that band you know you, randy's got a great voice mm-hmm. and you know you play a um uh allman brothers song you know he's got that greg allman yeah, kind of twang right he can alley. bring out uh and even with uh like we were talking about Jimi hendrix i feel like randy's able to to make that sound like uh you know like like it was supposed to be yeah i could sing anything with with beer hippies uh it, it's like 80 or 90 percent um uh um original songs mm-hmm. you know you, there are a couple of um of uh covers that you guys play but it's it's primarily original so yeah that 
that learning curve is a little different. You can't just go on to YouTube or or Spotify and just hear the song. Like the the writer basically has to teach it to you, and then and then uh, you got to kind of develop your own part of it, right? And remember it for the next time. It yeah. Happens. Well, it's cool because you can't play it wrong because you know, <laughs> there is no is. right way to play it. You know, it's just like that's what I came up with, or or what each person came up with. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. So that's nice too. And um, you're working on songs yourself in terms of. Um, uh, <clears throat> I I, mean, I have a note on my phone of chord progressions, you know, and there's a, I have I don't know eighty or ninety voice memos on my phone of just little riffs and licks and chord progressions and stuff. And it's usually just my phone sitting on my leg recording an unamplified electric guitar, you know, because it's... it's uh, it just of, comes to you and you just want to get it down. Yeah, and, you know, I don't keep... You know, the stuff usually, the amp and everything usually stays broken down and not set up sure. just because it, it gets moved around so much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not... Because I don't sing, I don't... I don't think in terms of, you know, Lyrics. oh, this melody could fit over these three chords. Like, I'm because it's just me, I'm usually trying to fill up the whole pie myself. Like, yeah. like just like, oh, let's make this really complicated guitar part. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't need to be like that, you know, if you were thinking in terms of a melody to fit into that. Right. You know, and so. So it's. So the, as far the, as the writing complete you put songs, like. Right, not right. much, you know. But you, you think out these riffs and then down the line they might pop in, hey, this is a good spot for something like this. Or is that what you end up doing with the riffs? Yeah, or yeah. they just stay on my phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, sometimes, right. you know, I'll, I'll, like, once in a great while, I'll, I'll email Steve or Bob something, like, here, what do you think of this? Can oh, we, yeah. Can you do something with this? And, and somebody might have something that fits with that or, you know, we might send them one direction or another. And, like, but, yeah, I'm trying to get more into like writing song songs, you know, but it, it, again, I don't sing. So like, you know, yet <laughs> you don't sing. Well, yet. yet yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't really want to. <laughs> uh, and you know, I think you might've touched on this when you talked about, um, your recording, but you went to college to, um, learn engineering. Is that right? Yeah. I started as a composition major and I got, burnt out on that composition meaning like classes to be able to write music right yeah mm -hmm. and i don't know i'm just the order they threw the stuff at us in like didn't work well with me uh -huh, I mean, sure. <clears throat> it was like i don't think i need to know this right now and you know right. this is intimidating and whatever and it's probably just young and stupid but but yeah i quickly switched to audio engineering so like recording uh-huh got like a like a strict uh, kind of education that was more disciplined as mm. opposed to, you know, a class where the emphasis was to explore your creativity and, and the, well, I had of, that too, <clears throat> yeah. you know, but it was just like, I don't know, stuff that I, I felt was really more complex than we should have been dealing with at that point in mm. the, right. Um, you know, progression of learning or, the yeah. the skill i guess right yeah. and that was, I, and I, it just ended up being off-putting and i think i i got a couple crappy grades and i was just <laughs> like ah, i don't want to redo this you know and so i was like I, I'm, and, and there was a part of me that maybe again this is being kind of stupid but didn't want to know all the rules to everything uh-huh 
like and now I'm like, yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> you know, but. Well, you know, think about how many professional musicians, how many big time uh, entertainers have gone to school to learn their their skills or their trades. I mean, it seems oh, yeah. like back to the whole just doing it, just just uh, practicing and, and playing, and mm-hmm. uh, that's what it all usually comes down to. That you know, I guess it does kind of help to have a guide, like you were saying. Right. But a, an entire program at a college might be, you know, not the right way to to become a uh, professional musician or get into that industry. Yeah, uh, not, and see now I'm going back and trying to learn all that stuff. So it's like, you know, if I can just redo it all now, yeah, I'd right. Be Isn't more, that always more open worse. to it? But yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it's great. I loved it. I mean, I learned a ton, but not enough though. Well. <laughs> Uh, so we talk about Bone Hanked, uh, special guests, beer hippies. Any other bands that you've been part of? Nothing I can think of. I mean, not on a permanent basis. Yeah, I guess no. Orpheus. You were playing yeah, with that, them. You know, uh-huh. uh, and that was that was before special guests. That was early, early on. Right. Yeah. That was like I was. Yeah. So it was just before I went off to school. So that was like right out of high school, Orpheus. Like I was probably 20 then. Oh, all right. I went to college later. I went when uh-huh. I was like 21. So. Well, I, and it seems like the the whole um, uh, music scene in this area has transformed over the years in the Southwest Michigan mm-hmm. area. I you think know, so. When you guys were Orpheus, what kind of places did you play? Um, parties and things like that more. Yeah, parties. Um, where did we play? There's, I think we played up at Mickey's in St. Joe. Uh, that's still there. Yeah. It is still there. I don't know if they still have bands. I think it's more like DJs and stuff now. Yeah. Um, oh, it was Featherbone. We played oh, okay. Featherbone here yeah. in town like a lot. Yeah. You know? um, that was, you know, you get in good there and then they just, they, oh, we're having a Halloween party, we're having a Thanksgiving party, we're having a New Year's party and they was just, you Kept know, bringing you back. It was just call you, you know, and, and played there a lot, you know, which was fun because everybody lived here in town so you uh-huh. know, just stagger home and right. And, yeah, I mean. Well, I, cool. Yeah. Uh, so what I want to do now, uh, let's close out the radio show and uh, let's chat a little bit after uh, the end of the hour into the podcast time, uh, you are listening to Johnny's Secret Stash and Radio Harbor Country. Uh, you can stream it at RadioHarborCountry.org. We, uh, are, uh, we, we play from 2 to 3 on Fridays, and it's replayed 11 to 10 to 11 on Wednesday nights. Um, we're on WRHC 106.7 FM. And WRHZ ninety three point five, I'm sorry, ninety three point five FM, out of Three Oaks and Sawyer, Michigan, respectively. Uh, I'm John Goldman, and I'm here with my co-host Adam Conley, who's also our special guest today. Yeah. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. We are underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics out of New Buffalo, Michigan, for everything you need to. Grow your own secret stash. And uh, what we're going to do is close out with um, with the other Beer Hippie song from the album. That's Jump in the Water. And uh, let's listen for Adam Solo on that one. And stick around for the podcast. 
If you um, uh, if you don't already have access to the podcast, go to Pod, Podbean or iTunes. Look up Johnny Secret Stash, no H and Johnny, and uh, follow us. You know, and then you get the automatic update on the on the podcast when you whenever you open the app and, and all that kind of stuff. All right, here is Adam Conley, lead guitarist for the Beer Hippies, and the Beer Hippies playing Jump Into the Water. That cowbell. If you're gonna break it, baby, then you bought it. If you're gonna shake it, shake it right this moment. If you're gonna lose it, tell it to your mama. If you're gonna choose it, jump into the Jump into the water. 